Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. For the outpouring of your spirit, an outpouring of revelation, a revelation that shifts our mindset, a revelation that changes our heart, a revelation that positions us for the greatest move that the earth has ever seen, the greatest revival, the greatest outpouring. And Lord, you're working on us, the church. You're challenging us to align our thoughts and our ways with your thoughts and your ways. You are stirring within our hearts a heart that beats with your heart so that people will know that they are loved, that they will know that they are valued, that they will know that they are celebrated, that, Lord, we will not be judgers. We will not be condemners. But, Lord, we will be those that see the value in each person in Jesus' name. Amen. Actually, Casey, Casey, Katie prophetically uh, prayed or spoke this, the very first scripture. We love him because he first loved us. That's 1 John 4, 19. What? While we were sinners, Christ died for us. While we were enemies, Christ died for us. You think about that. You know, maybe you had this perfect, sinless, spotless life before Christ. I did not. <laughs> I did not. And I, I know the type of person I appeared to be. But my God saw past all that junk, and he saw who he created me to be. He never, ever viewed me with disdain or disgust. Guess what? When I was a wretch, he saw the treasure. And because he chose to love me first, guess what? He was forgiven much, loveth much. The fact is, when we can recognize where we've been and what we are now because of the blood of Jesus Christ, I'm not going to look at anybody. I don't care what they're doing. The church has become experts in judging the world for their sin. Well, what do you expect someone to do? When they're living a life of fear and all they know is if I don't take care of me, who's going to take care of me? If they've never experienced being valued and celebrated and honored, come on. If we're going to see revival, if we're going to see a reformation of the different spheres of influence, the different mountains of society, then guess what? We have to model something different. In John 13, 34, in the New Living, it says, So now I am giving you a new commandment, not a request. Oh, it would really make me feel good if you did this. No, I give you a commandment. This is speaking to the church, not to the world. He's speaking to the church. That's you and me, right? All us Christians. I give you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. 
Oh my goodness. He's not saying love somebody because they're lovable. He's not saying love somebody because they do the things that make you feel good. He is saying love somebody like I have loved you. I don't think any of us have arrived. I know I haven't. <laughs> Come on, think about that. He gave his life. He paid a price because he saw value. If we want to honor our God, we've got to love what he loves most, and that's humanity. God created everything, and it was good. But when he made man, it was very good. And if God says it's very good, it is very good. Everyone wants to be valued by others in spite of our faults, our flaws, our failures, our mess-ups, our sin. Isn't it beautiful when you know that you have totally missed the mark and someone loves you back into health? rather than judges you and condemns you. Come on, guys. We want people to love us that way, but are we willing to love others that way? You know what it's like to be judged. You know what it's like to be gossiped about. You know what it's like to be criticized. Well, that doesn't give us license to do that to somebody else. But since we know how it feels, we don't want to be that one. It goes back to valuing humanity. Ed Cole, he was a preacher from many years ago. Actually, Joel had one of his quotes on wrapped around a Hershey chocolate bar when Aaron and Joel got married. And it was, uh, it was to confront the judgment of their age, right? And it says, maturity is not uh, age based upon age. It's based upon the acceptance of responsibility. And they put that around there because there was judgment. Come on. But Ed Cole, that same person, said, he says, we judge others by their actions and we judge ourselves by our intentions. Okay, Laura messed up. So I'm going to judge her in the area that she missed the mark. I might do the exact same thing or even something worse, but see, I didn't intend to do it. <laughs> Come on, guys. I'm talking about validation. I'm talking about shifting our mindset so we really can touch people's lives. What's the word of God say? To the measure that we judge, we will be judged. Ooh. Comparison becomes the vacillating subjective filter for how I see myself. So what happens when there is comparison? I will either see myself in pride or I'll see myself in shame. I will see myself better than someone or less than someone, and both of those are destructive. I must see my value, and I must see others' value, period. This is why we need the revelation of intrinsic validation. Look at that. 
That's Aaron with Aiden. Isn't that the most precious picture? <laughs> Look, intrinsic value is valuing ourselves. And when we're able to value who God created us to be, when we're able to see the worth inside of us, when we're able to recognize that we really matter, our automatic, we don't even have to try it, our automatic response is to value others. Because if you're secure in who you are, guess what? I'm not in comparison with anybody else, and I just get to love them like I know I'm love. I get to value them. That's why it is not pride. It is not arrogance. It's not egocentric to see value in yourself, to love yourself. Well, it's only through Jesus. Well, you know what? Jesus loved me before I had him. He put value in humanity. Because you're a human being, a, a, a person that God created in his image, where literally the spirit of God is woven into every DNA strand in our body. Come on. When we value ourselves and we value others, we're going to walk in an intrinsic value. And remember, you cannot value or you cannot love what you do not value. You cannot value what you do not love. If you value someone, you'll love them. If you love someone, you're going to value them. Mark 12, 30 and 31. Love the Lord your God. You know, our God is not insecure. He's not prideful. And you know what he asks of us? I want you to love me with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might, your mind, your strength, all that you are. And I want you to seek first the kingdom. I want you to give me the first of all that you are. Oh my gosh. Oh, well, that's kind of arrogant. No, our God knows his value. And because he is so secure in being God, he can be totally free to love us unconditionally. His love comes with no conditions. Come on, guys. Why? Because when we totally love him and value him, then it opens up our heart to him to receive that exchange of life. God, if you're there, do something in my life. And then he says, now love your neighbor as yourself. See, that's putting value upon the human soul. The validation of a human being, of the human soul, cannot coexist with prejudice, injustice, or discrimination of any kind. You can't do acts of injustice. You cannot treat somebody badly and value them at the exact same time. You not, will not abuse. You will not harm. You will not steal. You don't even have to worry about the Ten Commandments if you truly value somebody. But if we're living our life to take and get rather than give, then we position ourselves to be instruments of injustice. Because all I'm thinking about is me. And the reason I think all about me, this is coming out stronger than all. The reason I think all about me is because I don't see how valuable I am. 
I don't see that I really matter. Because if I know I matter, I don't have to fight to feel like I matter. Now it just positions me to help other people, help other people see that they matter. This is really not deep. But it takes revelation. It takes an understanding by the Spirit of God. That's why I cry out for the Holy Spirit to be the teacher, because only the Holy Spirit can reveal to you how amazing he created you to be. And you'll see every act of injustice that takes place worldwide is because someone is living with an inability to see their worth, see their value separate from anything they have, anything they can get. Why is the love of money so destructive? Because if I gain my value from the money I have, then I'll cheat anybody to get it. That's why generosity sets us free. Because now I'm giving rather than taking. Peter Demarest, he's the expert in axiogenics. And uh, for someone listening to this for uh, the first time, go back and listen to part one and part two. But this expert in axiogenics says, and this person at this point is not a believer, but he said, there is mounting evidence that certain moral values may be embedded in our DNA. If science is beginning to discover that morality is woven into every DNA strand in our body, do you realize when we walk devaluing and abusing and taking advantage of someone else and judging them and condemning them and gossiping about them, what is that doing to every DNA strand in our body? Being critical of somebody else feeds back and it touches my DNA strands. Attacking and judgment affects me. Hurting another affects me. That's the power of asking for forgiveness. That's the power of forgiving. Because it sets us free all the way down to the cellular level of our body to the very DNA strand. Oh, come on, guys. I love this. Because what does the Bible say is the greatest gift that we should covet? If you're going to covet, desire a spiritual gift, what one is it? Prophecy. You guys are good. You said it. All right. You guys should have gotten that right away. All right. These are guys from Prophetic Track at Global. We love you. Thank you for being here. Prophecy comes from divine inspiration. That means we're hearing the heartbeat of heaven. Correct? We're, we're feeling a lot of times when Katie prophesies, she prophesies with the emotions of the Father. It's so powerful. It's not her emotions. But she's not just prophesying words. She's prophesying his heart. If we're going to covet something, let's covet to prophesy. And why do we covet to prophesy? Why? It is edification. It is exhortation. And it is comfort. Guess what? Prophecy isn't just getting up in front and getting the mic and speaking something out. Prophecy is walking through those doors 
and finding someone to edify, to encourage, to build up, to celebrate, to value, to honor, to appreciate. Come on, that's a prophetic spirit. And that's the one God calls us to covet because that is the one that's going to change your life. Oh, miracles get our attention. But when we're thorough, and why? Because when God touches my body, I begin to get a revelation. He must love me. When a word of wisdom comes forth, oh my gosh, God knows where I'm at. It goes back to our core need, our core makeup to be valued and to value. And guess what? If we walk with the spirit of prophecy to edify, exhort, and comfort, what's happening to our own DNA strands? Oh, this is feedbacking. Oh, feedbacking. Is that a word? This is feed, yeah, I guess it is, feedbacking into our own brain. <laughs> I never said I was an English major, all right? And when there is that solid foundation, why do I keep drilling that? Because without the foundation of valuing ourselves and valuing others, the rest is just going to be superficial external actions that will mean nothing. This must come first. Because the fact is, when you love me, really, truly value me, then what I do, whether it's perfect or not, you're going to celebrate. I remember one of Joel's first songs. When you're angry, count to one, two, three, four, five, you know, in his song. And we're going, awesome! Now, did that stir my spirit? Probably not, but we celebrated the growth. The first time your child poops on the toilet, you are throwing a party. Come on, because you value the person. Come on, and you might think, thank you, Jesus, I don't have to wipe their butt. But the fact is, we celebrate. And isn't it true that when, when you laugh at a child or you celebrate something, they want to keep doing it over and over and over and over, and then you go, all right, already, I'm tired of laughing at that. Why? Because we're so hungry to be valued. And why are we hungry? Because God created us to give and receive value. And when we're valuing our children, we're training them, this is what you need revelation of so that you can take and give it to somebody else. So when that foundation is in place, then we can go to extrinsic value. And extrinsic value is my abilities. It's what I carry. It's what God put inside of me. It's the gifts and the talents and all those things that I hold, whether they are innate from the Spirit of God that he put inside of me or things that I've developed. The parable of the talent. When they took, they, they were given according to their ability and they had a responsibility to increase their ability. It would not do me any good to have voice lessons. I even had them at one time. But the fact is, when the gift is there is when you need Come on, that's when you need to increase your ability. A person who can sing or can play or whatever, they're the ones that they can increase their ability. So our extrinsic value, see, we all, we're, not, we're not putting more, I mean, I, I love our worship team, don't you love them? 
But you know what? They are more valuable than what they do. But when they know they're valuable, what has happened? Now there's a creativity that's released inside of them because even though they carry a beautiful gift, they don't have the pressure of having to be perfect or to perform. No, they can just radically worship God, right? Because they already know they're valued. If they mess up, I mean, I think it was one time, Josh, didn't you, a string break or something? It was like, oh, man, my string. Hey, strings break in life. That doesn't take away our value. It doesn't take away what we carry. Oh, guys, we should strive for excellence, but we should never strive for perfection because it's a measure we'll never meet. And once... I'm able to value what I carry. The automatic response to that is to value what somebody else carries. Do you ever get around somebody that's different than you? And in that comparison, you'll either see what's wrong with them or what's wrong with you. But when you love what God put inside of you, you know, up there is my book. I love that book. I'm doing my final proof. Yesterday afternoon, I was crying reading my own book. I love this. This is so good. <laughs> Why? Because it's my voice. It was stirring my blood reading the book. <laughs> oh, come on, guys. That's not pride. It's a freedom to release your voice. And can you imagine a community where people know that they're valued so they don't do stuff to be valued? But when they know they're valued, they just are who they are. <sighs> Almost heaven. <laughs> That's as far as I'm going to sing. But it hit my head, so it's like Stephen's anointing. The pulpit saying, where is Stephen? Where is Stephen? <laughs> so when we value what we carry, we will automatically see what other people carry is good. Even if it's not perfected, it's okay. The power of looking at potential is huge. See, extrinsic value is what I produce. Intrinsic is about the person themselves. Extrinsic is about what I produce. See, there's a treasure within all of us. It was placed there by the Spirit of God. Look at that. There's Joel. He's about eight. I don't know. I can either go to Unsplash and get pictures, but, like, this is to family, so I have to. In there's my, that was my baby boy right there. Look, with a guitar. You saw him a little bit bigger today with a little bit bigger guitar, right? But we have this precious treasure. Come on, guys. We have this precious treasure. He saw, you know, I was a wretch, but he saw the treasure. Come on, guys. He took a wretch and he, he pulled out the treasure. The more we run from God, the more we're running from our opportunity to be who he created us to be to impact our world for good. But we have this precious treasure in earthen vessels 
so that the grandeur and the surpassing greatness of the power will be from God, his sufficiency and not from ourselves. Man, when we can see that we are valued and we value what we carry, guess what? We're just partnering with heaven because we know Melody can only go so far. But when I partner with heaven, impossibilities become possible. I love this. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You know, we have this false pride, this false humility, these false mindsets that literally sabotage us from releasing what God's put inside of us. You are a light to the world. He didn't say, you, you are like the moon reflecting the sun. No, he says, you are the light. While he was in the world, he says, I am the light of the world while I'm in the world. And then he says, you are the light of the world. You are the light. <laughs> so if you are the light, how are people going to see the truth? Through you. How are people going to discern what God is like through you? So when we say we're Christians and then we gossip about someone, oh my goodness, they're looking and say, that's how God judges me. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Now let's talk about the seven mountains. God has placed his sons and his daughters on the mountains of every society. Why? So we can be the light. He didn't place you there just to make money. He placed you there to be a light. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. You know one of the biggest things that is a bushel over you? And that's the devaluation of yourself. When you feel you're no good, you'll never amount to anything. You're damaged goods. It's my fault. Something is terribly wrong with me. And I believe the lies that people spoke over me. You're fat, flat, and ugly. Now, some parts of that might still apply, but <laughs> I won't go into any deeper than that. But that's what I heard. And so as I was growing up, you know, I'd go weeks without eating because my brothers would tell me I was fat and I was ugly. And so I was working so hard to not be fat, that I'd starve myself. My Aunt Caroline, Grammy's sister, who's 98 years old, she had a swimming pool, and it was one of those concrete swimming pools that shows you how old I am back in the day. And every year they had to paint it. And I was at her house, and, and we were painting the pool, and I passed out because I hadn't eaten for two weeks. She takes me in, sets me at the dining room table, takes a head of lettuce and says, here. And she never raised her voice, but now she's upset. Here, eat this. And it was a head of lettuce. <laughs> See, when we believe lies, every lie produces fear. And fear produces a sense of perverted identity and perverted self-worth. Come on. So we live our lives just trying to feel better about ourselves. 
And if Shimon doesn't do what I want her to do, then I'm angry at her because she didn't make me feel a certain way. When I got married, I didn't want a husband. I wanted a daddy. I picked a wrong one. That's right. He just did not do a very good job of being my daddy. <laughs> Uh, I was craving something. If I just had a daddy, if I just had a protector. Now, one thing he did used to say when we were friends, I'm going to wrestle me a woman and kiss me a bear. That's John Wayne, okay? And so he would do these fun little masculine things, and I loved it because it's like, okay, you're going to be like a protector. Alpha woman. Tough, hard, mean, aggressive, can take care of myself. I don't need anybody. Internally, I was just looking for a daddy, someone who valued me. Come on, guys. And when we don't have it, our light, our giftings, our abilities are put under a bushel. And we might be in the world, but we're not being a light to it. We're just surviving just like everybody else. And then to make ourselves feel better, we have to condemn all the non-Christians for the stuff they are doing. Or even judge other Christians who aren't doing it the way we think they should do it. Oh, guys. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Okay. But instead of being under a bushel... We are put, hey, this is to our church, let me be mama, all right? Everybody else, take it or leave it, but this is mama talking to home, all right? If we're going to be a church, let's be the church. Yeah. Come on, guys. Amen. It's not a place to play games. It's a place to really be who God's created us to be and be equipped so we can go impact our world. Come on. People need to be loved. People need to be celebrated and valued right where they're at. Because when we build that bridge of relationship, then it gives us access to speak into their life. That's how I'd led people to Lord in the marketplace. Because I was different, not in a weird way. But they actually knew I cared. They're not used to consultants caring. Under a bushel. No, they put it on a candlestick, and it gives light unto all that are in the house. Listen. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Oh, my goodness. God. Oh, that's so prideful. Oh, that was such a good job. Oh, well, that was Jesus. He says, be you, be a light, and let people see your good works. Now, we know we are empowered by the Spirit of God. Come on. We're partnering with heaven. But you have a choice to do good works or bad works. You have the choice to have a good attitude or a bad attitude. You have a choice to either devalue someone or value them. It is your choice. Jesus has already done everything he's ever going to do. All we have to do is align with him. That's why we should seek first the kingdom, the mindset, the ways of the kingdom. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Now, copying my son's sermon on desire. He had three parts of desire, and if I say it wrong, you can rebuke me after church. 
But there's three parts of desire. One, you have to see it. And once you see it, you desire it. And when you desire it, you pursue it. Is that correct, Joel? Okay. And so, so guess what? When men see our good works, they're going to desire that. They're going to desire not just what we have, but how we treat others. They're going to recognize that we are not darkness, but that we're light. They're going to recognize that we're not conformed to this world, but we are different than the world. And when they see it, they're going to desire that. And when they desire that, they will pursue it. And guess what? Just like in the Bible, it's, they went to him and said, what must we do to be saved? It wasn't because they were walking around judging everybody and being critical. You run from critics. Come on. You run from people that degrade you and shame you and devalue you and are critical of you. Come on. But you are drawn to carriers of hope. You're drawn to lovers. Everybody who's ever walked in this church talks about my mommy. Come on. Why? Because she's a lover. She might not ever have seen you before, but you'll get a hug. Come on, guys. That's representing the kingdom. Yeah, she says, I just love Ron. I just love him. I just love him. I hear about all that she loves. All she loves. Come on, guys. And when they see your good works, they will glorify your Father, which is in heaven. And see, what's powerful about this, oh, my goodness, this is the introduction. Okay. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. No, no, that's all right. Okay. <laughs> but see, what's important about this is we must do it from value. We must do it from love, not to get love. And one thing I learned, that the biggest hurts in my life was when Love was not reciprocated. Man, I gave everything. And it wasn't reciprocated, and it hurt so bad. But now I realize if the reason I gave was so that someone would make different decisions, or if the reason I loved so deeply was so that I was loved in return, then it really wasn't pure love. When we love in purity, we love without fear. And we love in such a way that if it is not reciprocated, we will love anyway. Kind of sounds like, his love, doesn't it? Now go back to my old sermons. We do have healthy boundaries. We love fully, but we are able to shut the door to the things that would harm us. Why? Because we hold value. So when intrinsic, that internal value, valuing yourself and other, is released, it releases our extrinsic expression. And I'll have to go fast. It will be pure. We will develop it. And when we develop it, it gives us a greater platform to serve others. 
So what we carry has the ability to impact our world. There's something shifting on the inside of me. I will always love the one. I will always love those times of connecting in small groups. And in fact, I would reject bigger platforms because I didn't really believe that I would have as much impact on bigger platforms as I did with smaller platforms. And God is shifting something on the inside of me that I so value the voice that God's given me. The message that I'm speaking on now, the message of stopping devaluation and really loving people and valuing them unconditionally, I so believe in that message. It is not just for a small group. It's for the globe. I want as many people to hear that as possible. I can't change anybody. I can't convince, but I can be a light. And when I really value that voice, when I really value being that light, I'm not going to put it under a bushel basket, and I'll tell you, bring them in. Bring them in, Lord, man. Let's touch nations. I've had different people who would speak broken English, and they say, would you please put this in Spanish? I want to promote this in my nation. So now I need a Spanish-speaking intern to come and help me do all that, all right? Fear is dismantled. Why? Because we're not defined by what we do. It's what I carry, but it's not me. I'm a child of God. Even without this voice, guess what? I'm still a child of God. And see, my God gets it right. He loves me. And he put inside of me a release to impact other people. 2 Corinthians 2, 3, 2 and 3. Your lives are a letter written on our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. Oh, my gosh. Here they're talking about, look, do you see our good work? I want you to know I'm doing a good work right now. You, boy, she is arrogant. <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's, can we be a church that shifts our mindsets? Just because somebody doesn't agree with me, I have to judge them harshly or call them stupid or idiots or morons or whatever. Come on, guys. We're bigger than that. Let them recognize our good work. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the spirit of the living God. It is carved not on the tablets of stone, but on human hearts. It's talking about that signature of the divine. It's talking about God himself, God's love, the creator, literally creating us in his image where who he is is woven into every human cell of every human body, saved or unsaved. Can you recognize why this message is so powerful? Because this is who God created humanity to be and to function in. So when they feel devalued and we bring a genuine, authentic value to them. Guess what? It's touching who God created them to be. So guess what? God cares about you, but he also cares about the work he's given you to do. Matthew 24, 12, his Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. He gave him something to do. And when he was faithful with what he was given to do, work, W-O-R-K, okay, Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler 
I can trust you. If I can trust you to do this work here, I can trust you with bigger things. I can trust you with a bigger platform. I can trust you with reaching more. I can increase your ability. I can bring you more money to be able to do what I've called you to do. Why? Because you've been faithful with what I've given you. I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Oh my gosh, what brings joy? It brings joy when we release what we're called to do. Ah, Laura's shaking her head. I remember when she was the secretary. She was not a happy camper, right? And when she lost her secretary job and just did books, she bloomed. When you release what God's put inside of you, you're going to enter into the joy of the Lord. What we do is important. And it demonstrates who we are. When you go to the word of God, identity and destiny are so intertwined, it's hard to separate them. Because what I do is a reflection of who I am. Come on. What I do is a reflection of who I am. God spoke to Abraham. Well, at that time, he was Abram. And what did he say to Abram? You are called to be the father of many nations. And in the process of his obedience, in the process of doing and going and following what God told him to do, he became Abraham. He began to discover who he was. They were so intertwined. You look at Saul. You know, on the horse, not King Saul. He gets knocked off the horse. Saul of Tarsus. And what's the first thing he hears? Well, other than why are you persecuting the church, you know? He said, I've called you to preach to the Gentiles. God told him what he was to do. And while he stepped out to prepare himself to do what he was called to do, he began to discover who he was, and God called him Paul. He changed his name. Peter and Andrew, they're out there fishing. He says, come on, I'm calling you to be fishers of men. See, God sees what he put inside of us to do. I know what someone values by what they do, not by what they say. I will, I want to. Because the fact is, if you don't value what I do, you don't really value me. Quiet. Many resist a work mindset. Oh, that's just law. It's just works. Oh, my gosh. Work was before the fall. (laughs) We have the ex-Amish over there going, amen, hallelujah. (laughs) Isn't that true? We were taught to work. Lancaster County, we were taught to work, all right? I told my mommy the other day, hey, you made me what I am, all right? But see, the reason they resist it is because they don't want to be loved because of what they do. They just want to be loved, period. That's why people struggle with it. But when you know that you are loved, when you know beyond a shadow of the doubt that you hold value, 
and that you matter to the kingdom and you matter to this earth that you live upon, then guess what? It'll motivate you to do something. Work, producing, stewarding was all designed by the creator and it was evident before the fall. Oh, my goodness. Okay, let's skip a couple slides. Let's go to extrinsic validation heals and unites. When we begin to value others in their humanity and value what they carry, it's going to heal and it's going to unite us. Diversity is the one true thing we all have in common. Celebrate it every day. God isn't looking for us to be cookie cutters or to be clones of one another. Man, God did not call me as a leader to make you into my image. He's called me to be able to look at the treasure inside of you and help pull that out. Well, this is the way you got to do it. This is what is or is not acceptable in the expression of your gift. We need to give each other the space to grow. Oh, please, please help us, Jesus. That's right. Let people grow. To be ourselves, to exercise our diversity. We need to give each other space so that we may both give and receive such beautiful things as ideas, openness, dignity, joy, healing, and inclusion. Oh, my goodness. You know what? I got millennials around me, and I know they love me. And they don't judge me because I'm wrinkled, flopped, and dropped. I mean, they still love me. And you know what? I love them. Why? Because there is inclusion. It's not being critical. Joel showed up. was doing another video for Stop Devaluation. He showed up the house, and it was just right when I finished the audio, and I was trying to figure all this out. He just shows up and goes, thank you, Jesus. He walks in, hey, just take over, fix this all up, you know? (laughs) Come on. Authentic validation produces the ability to complement, not compete. To celebrate, not tolerate. To understand, not alienate. We're so quick to cut somebody off because we don't understand them. We look at outward actions without looking at the heart And our God was amazing at choosing David to be king when nobody else saw it in him. God does not look as man sees. He looks at the heart. Authentic validation, we learn new ways, not conforming them to ours. We love the person and do not fear the difference. Some of the greatest highs in my life when I was surrounded by people that were completely different in me from me in every ideology in the book. They were not believers. They were living in the world. And it was like I was on a high because it was my window of opportunity 
to be what they haven't seen. I was staying, I won't go the details because it's on video, but I was staying in a person's home for a week in LA and they were completely different than me. <laughs> and one day I asked if I could pray for them. They said, well, as long as you don't use the name of Jesus, and I said, well, it's the only way I know how to pray. So I prayed in the name of Jesus, they got healed. And one thing they said to me, is you're unlike any Christian I have ever met. Guys, let us represent our Father. Let us represent Jesus. Look, as Jesus is, so are we to be in this world. Another version says the attitudes of Jesus need to become our attitude. Love the person. Don't fear the difference. Protect not judge another's heart. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just thank you and praise you that you're doing a beautiful work inside of us. That Lord God, I thank you that there's a revelation that is being released, that we do not judge ourselves based upon the opinions of man, based upon the loudest voices, based upon what Hollywood says or what the news media says or what anybody else has ever said to us. Lord, I thank you that you're gracing us and anointing us with a revelation to see that we are worth it, that we matter, and that you've placed us on this earth to accomplish something so much greater than we ever dreamed. We cut off right now small thinking. We cut off all those things that says this is all I'm going to be able to do. This is the only ones I'll be able to reach. We break off every, uh, every box that we put ourselves in and we declare and decree, if you've called us to do something, we will arise and fulfill destiny. If you put it in our hearts, we're going to have the courage to release it in the name of Jesus. And Father God, I just thank you and praise you that we're going to know how to uh, honor and serve one another. We're going to know how to take what you've put inside of us to help build another because it's not about us. It's about your kingdom. And so, Father God, I bless each one right now in the name of Jesus.